I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. And today's episode, oh, it's great. I mean, I say this for all of them, but... I only say this for all of them because it is the case. I always record these intros just after I finish, so I'm still buzzing. Um, today's guest uh, is Ed Robertson of the Ben Anker Ladies. And, ah, oh, you're in for a treat. You really are. Um, before we get into this, a few quick thank yous. Um, so thank you uh, to Amy for helping facilitate this chat. Uh, thank you to 76 for producing it. Uh, thank you to Scroobius Pip. Um, and much love to everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. And a huge thanks to you lot, uh, because the nature of the, the, the discussions I've had with so many artists over the last 13, 14 months has been about you know the, the, the way that the world has been in this pandemic, and, and everybody's talking about what they're doing to you know, try and maintain a sense of well-being and, and to stay on top of, of everything. And you know, for some people, it's been very difficult. For some people, it's been you know, absolutely life-altering and and one of the things that has kept me balanced is doing this podcast uh and so with that in mind it's just a big thank you to you lot for for being an, an audience and 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 responding to it and sending messages and and things like that it's it's it, it it's brilliant i mean i it's a total labor of love and i and i adore doing this and it it just gives me joy listening to people getting excited about records and the thought that once that conversation's been had there's other people out there that that get joy out of listening to to that as well is everything and more so thank you okay um if this is also yeah if this is your first time listening uh, then when you finish this one um go and have a look in the archives and you can hear me talking to Foo Fighters, um, Motley Crue, Fatboy Slim, uh, gosh, Papa Roach. Uh, oh God, who else have I been speaking to recently? I'm trying to trying to rack my brain. Swayed. Um, gosh, there's there's loads. Just go and explore it. There's 300 episodes with all your favourite musicians, actors, producers. Butch Vig, the producer. Um, he's uh, that's a great episode. I'd definitely direct you in the way of that one um and yeah go and get stuck in and if that's not enough then you can get um access to another 200 episodes and video episodes of, of pretty much all of them that i've mentioned and more uh, over on my patreon 
And by joining that, you also support the podcast. And, and it's only 79 pence a month. Um, so, yeah, if you can do that, that's wonderful. But I am aware it's tough times. You know, we're, uh, we're still in a pandemic. So, um, you know, pennies can be tight. But, uh, but yeah, all I will ask is if you, you've got mates that are into music and podcasts, then give them a nudge and go, check out off the beaten track. It's all right, that. Okay, you can find out about everything you need to know about this podcast at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Um, should we get on with today's episode? Yes, let's do that. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Ed Robertson of Bare Naked Ladies. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off The Beat and Track Podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Ed, how you doing? Uh, embarrassingly well, Stu. Thank you. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. We've, um, we've got the first bit of sunshine in about nine months in the UK um, the last couple of days. So everybody's wearing shorts and t-shirts and, and just ah, and it's, it's just lifted spirits massively. It's, it's lovely. It's glorious over here at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, same things happening here. Uh, I'm a couple hours northeast of Toronto, and uh, the weather's just started to get hot, and uh, the that brings on mosquito and black fly season here. So everybody does get excited and get out the tank tops and short shorts, but then the mosquitoes eat you alive. So before we, we, we sort of look forward, let's 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 just talk about the the, the last sort of you know 13 14 months um how have you found it ed like personally and how have you found it creatively well um personally it was it kind of ran the gamut of the emotions i was really happy um and i felt really lucky to have the time with my family um I'm speaking to you from a remote cottage in the woods on a whole bunch of land. Um, my kids have been up here with me the whole time. The The family aspect of it, the togetherness was incredible. But I was also carrying around this existential dread of getting sick and becoming debilitated um i didn't think like oh if i get COVID, i'm i'm probably gonna die 
what I did feel like was like, what if I get sick and I can't sing anymore? What if this yeah. affects my lung capacity? And it wasn't until I got the first dose of the vaccine back in early April that I, I really felt a weight that I had no idea I was carrying lift off my shoulders. And all of a sudden I realized the stress I've been managing for a year at that point, more than a year. Um, and I'm lucky now to actually have my second dose. And I just, you know, I said to a friend, I feel like I'm finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And he said, careful, that may be the train. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And, and in terms of creatively, it's actually been really cool. Um, you know, I learned to use pro tools, which in 32, three years of being a professional musician, I had never really uh, adopted the technology. So I learned Pro Tools. I learned to edit in uh, Adobe Premiere. So I became really self-sufficient, and that allowed me to do a lot of really fun, creative things up here. Um, so though I'm remote... Uh, you know, I have all the gear I need for a studio here. I've got moving cameras, and uh, I can edit together a solo performance, and it, it actually looks real. I think that's one of the really exciting things. Through speaking to so many, not, not just musicians, but producers and actors and, 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 and all manner of sort of creative people over this, this last sort of, you know, couple of years, and more so the last sort of 14 months, just seeing... Whether it be putting together, you know, a, a, a live stream show or just le le learning something like Pro Tools, I think when musicians are starved of the, the, the stuff that they're they're generally accustomed to, it brings out that kind of punk ethic of like, right, what have I got? What can I do with it? And I love that. I think that is what brings out exciting new stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and and certainly for the first couple of months, I didn't even have a tripod here. So <laughs> yeah. I was setting my phone, like leaned on a stack of books on a stepladder and I didn't have any pro audio gear. So I was just like performing into a laptop microphone and I didn't really care. And as things wound on though, I thought, okay, well, this is a new reality. I need to adapt to this and adopt yeah the technology that I need to make this a little more pro. Um, but I, I didn't, at first I was like, I don't care. I just want to perform. It, it, it can be guerrilla style. It can be low res. Nobody cares. People are at home. They're locked down. They just want to be entertained. And uh, so the first uh, dozen live streams I did were very low res. <laughs> Okay, well, let's let's start the playlist. And for track one, Ed, I'm going to ask you to tell me, please, the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro. Uh, I had to go with Rush, The Spirit of Radio. It's one of the greatest rock and roll intros of all time. It is an incredibly uh, deceptively difficult guitar part to play. And... Then the shots that Getty and Neil are playing on top of that weird guitar part, ba 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 ba
it's one of those things you can you can listen to it and you know where all those shots are. It's not till you're in a high school band and you try to play that song that you realize the madness that is going on in it. And it just carries you through. It's such a, that's the word I would just just use to describe it. It's orchestral. It is so magnificent. And it's, it's almost like that, you know, the curtains coming up in an incredible uh, performance space. Uh, And the song really starts when, when the verse pattern begins, but the intro of spirit of the radio is a journey all to itself. Well, I saw that Getty inducted you into the uh, the Music Hall of Fame. And so tell me a little bit about how important a band Rush were for you. Um, well, my high school band, I think, played 27 Rush songs. <laughs> all kinds of other stuff. We did Police, we did Peter Gabriel, we did Talking Heads. But Rush was like, that's the reason I wanted to be in a band. It's the first concert I ever saw in an arena. It's, their posters were on my wall. Um, it's, it's why I learned my instrument. It's why I became good on guitar, was to play all those weird songs. And um, Rush is like a band that teaches you how to be a band. Um, yeah. Because there are three guys doing very different things that work well together. And, and it, it really teaches you about the interaction of the instruments. Um, it's impossible to overstate the influence those guys had on me. Um, and, you know, I got to meet them fairly early in our career at a big awards show up in Canada, and they were so cool. They were just so uh, normal and appreciative and welcoming and... Um, in about 92, we sold out four nights at Massey Hall, which is kind of Toronto's Royal Albert Hall. It's a prestigious uh, performance venue in the city. And when when Rush recorded All the World's a Stage back there in 75 or so, um, they sold out three nights at Massey Hall to record that live record. We sold out four nights. And... <laughs> The guy sent us a bottle of champagne and said, uh, like, dudes, it was only supposed to be three nights. What are you trying to pull here? And, uh, you know, it, it, they're just, they're awesome. They're, they're musical surrogate fathers for me. I, I hadn't, I wasn't massively aware of, like, the full sort of catalogue of, of, of Rush's work. And, and I've got several friends that are, are obsessive fans of, of Rush. And so I've heard, I've heard quite a lot. And it was only when I set a bit of time aside and I watched the documentary, the, 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 the Rush film. Beyond the Light. Uh, and, yeah. And, I mean, what comes across more than anything is they just seem like the nicest people on the planet yeah, they really are. They're lovely, lovely guys. Um, and yeah, it's funny. There there are very few casual Rush fans. You either mm. don't like the band or you love the band. <laughs> and, you know, there's a point for every musician where, you know, it's the reason you love your instrument and you, you want to perform. And then you move on to other things. Everybody goes through that. But Rush, for me, were like the reason I wanted to do this. And 
to get to interact with those guys and have them exceed every possible expectation of what uh, a collaboration with your heroes could be and, and the way they normalize that experience. And, you know, I remember saying to Getty Lee, like, I can't believe you cut short your vacation and you flew here to induct us into the, to the hall of fame. Like I'm so moved. And he, he was like, dude, you're a brother. You, you do this for brothers. And oh man, he's amazing. Well, I'm going to ask you for track two. I'm going to take you back a little bit now. And I'm going to ask you, please to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. This is such a corny answer, but it's a hundred percent true. It was Kenny Rogers, the coward of the county, which, okay. which is a real a country and western story song about, uh, and it's all laid out in the lyrics. It's about a guy who's uh, sort of the town weakling, um, and he has grown up with the advice of his father to uh it it don't mean you're weak if you turn the other cheek and i hope you're old enough to understand you don't have to fight to be a man so his dad is trying to like coddle him and and tell him that you know just because everyone calls him a coward like he doesn't have to fight to prove himself and then in this song story he returns back to the farm to to find his uh, true love is being assaulted by the, the shitheads of the town, the bad dudes. And he steps in and gets his ass kicked. Uh, but he, he stands up for this woman. And the amazing part of the song is he then goes to his father and says, I hope you understand. Like, sometimes you have to fight when you're a man. It's like, it's such a beautiful little short story. It's got tragedy and uh, uh, incredible sadness in it. And I remember, like, what would I have been? Eight when that song came out? Nine years old? And I'm like, boy, I guess if someone's ever trying to take advantage of the girl on the farm, I'm going to have to step in. <laughs> You know, I had zero touchstones for this song, and yet it was such a complete story. It, it entirely moved me. If you had to pinpoint what that emotion was, what do you think it was? It was probably, like, responsibility. It was, it was, what would the emotion have been? It. It, it encompasses a lot of things. It's about fear. It's about uh, shame. It's about uh, defiance. Like it, it's a pretty incredible song for a a little three minute country song. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I guess it just it it made me sympathize with a character who was. Uh, overpowered and yet uh, tried to do the right thing and then had to face uh, family pressure and maybe even family shame for fighting 
Yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of a beautiful little song. I mean, I, I presume you was at home listening to that. So um, I'm going to ask you, um, was there always music on growing up at home? Always. And, and in fact, it was early country music. Um, my parents, uh, my dad played guitar, my mom and dad sang harmony vocals, and it was, it was always old school country songs from Willie Nelson to George Jones. Like Kenny Rogers was a modern country artist when, mm. when that record came out. And I grew up on, on much older, um, fifties and sixties country music. That's the reason I, I wanted to start playing guitar. Well, I'm going to ask you, um, I'm going to stay in the formative years for the next. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Uh, track Ed, I'm going to ask you, please, to tell me a song that reminds you of your time at school. Um. High school was what opened me up to all sorts of other influences. Um, and Peter Gabriel was a huge change for me. I feel like I went from the complicated prog rock of Rush to this poetic art rock that Peter Gabriel uh, encapsulated for me. And particularly the song San Jacinto, which is such, it's almost like an impressionist painting. It's the imagery in it is really stark and beautiful. And you have a sense of what's going on in the song, but it's not really spelled out. It's, it's like snapshots of this struggle. Um, and I actually, I initially came to this song, I think, through the Birdie soundtrack, which right. Matthew Modine film, and a lot of the stuff that subsequently ended up on the following Peter Gabriel record started as 
um, instrumental tracks for the score of, of Birdie. And I loved the composition that became San Jacinto. It just, it was one of those things that it captured me right away. Like, I don't even know what instruments those are. Like, is that a, is that a keyboard sound? Is that mallet percussion? Is it a mix of the two? I don't know what time signature this is in. Like everything about that song was a new frontier for me. And, um, you know, when you think about those lines, uh, red paint, eagle feathers, coyote calling, it has begun. A rattle in the old man's sack says, look at mountaintop and keep climbing up. It's like, it's so suggestive and so evocative, but I don't really know what's happening. I, I feel like I'm dropped into a sweltering struggle. And I, I don't know what's happening. Had you, I mean, you mentioned the kind of, you know, the, the introduction to, to, uh, to Rush and obviously the, the, the prog elements of that. Had, did you go to Gabriel first? Or was you aware of the kind of more prog earlier stuff from Genesis with, with Gabriel? No, I went to Gabriel first. Um, I was actually far down the road with Peter Gabriel before I was like, oh, that dude was in Genesis? <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, I think the first record I uh, got into in a big way was probably Plays Live. And then I went backwards and got into all those uh, earlier records. And then, really, much later, found out the history of Peter Gabriel. It, probably... Via Salisbury Hill, uh, listening to which is another uh, track with an incredible intro. Um, listening to Salisbury Hill, loved the story and and did a little reading and found out. Oh, this is an autobiography. This song, and wait a minute, he left one of the biggest bands in the world to become one of the biggest solo artists in the world. <laughs> like, pretty incredible. Absolutely. Have you? I mean, when you've been in the UK, have you, have you ever ventured to to Bath? Have you ever been to to Salisbury Hill? Or you went there? Cool. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, bat, we uh, Bath. I think it's called the Mole Club. Uh, That's it. The Mole Club holds the record for the filthiest dressing room in the history of bare naked ladies. It's, uh, it's quite a place. I'll never forget that. It's a, it's a bizarre little place. It's you, you're on this little one way. It's almost like in the side of like a kind of bridge. It's really weird. You just and then you go into this kind of dark little dingy venue. It's also um, the place where um, we literally played to two men and a dog uh, when my band was playing way back in the uh, in the mid nineties. But we just wanted to go there so we could then just go and climb Salisbury Hill, sing it all the way to the top, and then just get a photograph at the top. We was more bothered about that than the gig. Yeah, well, two two men and a dog is not a bad turnout for the most part. He's covered. Only uh, one gender, depending on the dog. But um, well, um, whilst before we move on, just talking about school a little bit. How did you you find school? Was it something you enjoyed? Uh, it was actually. I uh, I was quite a, a fast learner. I was terrible at 
doing homework. Um, but my teachers all really liked me, and I was a bright and polite kid. And I was in a really good school uh, with uh, lots of resources. And I was in this, um, it was called the Gifted Program in, in Scarborough when I was growing up. So we were all like adept learners. And I was kind of like, I was the dumbest kid in the Gifted Program. You know, for the for the first long while, I thought, there's a mistake. Like, I don't know how I got in here, but I'm just going to keep my mouth shut because it's awesome. Um, but, you know, I came to realize I actually was pretty good at school. And I, I, I was a, a swift learner and a, a fairly intuitive thinker. Um, so I really did like school. And, and I continued in that program all the way to the end of high school had great relationships with friends and and teachers so i was very lucky did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school i from the moment i started playing guitar all i wanted to be was a musician um much to the chagrin of many of my teachers who were encouraging encouraging me to pursue more mathematic or scientific avenues. Um, but every time I bombed a test, I thought, well, it doesn't matter because I'm going to be a songwriter and musician anyway. Uh, and it wasn't until the very end of high school I thought, hmm, uh, I don't know how realistic this uh, music career thing is. Started studying for the first time in my life, and I actually went towards uh, doing a biology degree. Um, but I, in the end, I only did one year of university and then I got offered a record deal and dropped out. So listen up, I've only got another new sponsor, egg fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designers kind of weird sense of humor in the mix and you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. Was the, the sort of music ever encouraged at school? Yeah, I, I, I went to a school with a very rich music program, uh, and I was in the orchestra and the stage band and the choir, uh, I was also involved in the drama program. I was in a lot of the productions. Uh, I was in the pep band. Like, if there was a band, I joined it. And um, plus, on top of all those school bands, I had a bunch of other bands. I, you know, I I played drums in a hip hop band. I sang and played guitar in the band I mentioned, where, where we played all the Rush songs. Um, I just it, everything was about music for me. Okay, well, for track four, I'm going to ask you to tell me the first record you can remember buying. 
Well, it goes it goes back to Coward of the County. It was on the same record as The Gambler. The first record I ever bought with my own money was Kenny Rogers' The Gambler. It was $4.98 Canadian. And I bought it at a an amazing record store near my childhood home called Zounds. Uh, it was huge. It was way bigger than any record store should have been. Uh, like even at that time when, when vinyl was huge and lots of people were buying music, this was a ludicrously large record store. Uh, and it was an indie record store in Toronto. Just an, I loved going there as a kid. I just loved perusing the aisles and they had everything because it was so big. Um, later got bought out by a national chain. And then as a teenager, I worked there. Uh, and it was like one of the best part-time jobs I ever had. We ended up, the very first music video um, we ever filmed was only about 18 months after I stopped working there, so I went and saw my former manager and asked if we could film in the store, and she allowed me to do that. So, uh, yeah, but first record was Kenny Rogers' The Gambler. Wonderful. So when you worked in this indie record store, did you become one of those guys? Did you become that high fidelity guy? Did you become that elitist guy that would like kind of, you know, judge people if they bought something that weren't quite as cool as what you was into? Did you become that guy? It must happen so easily in indie stores. I didn't because I, <laughs> I was learning so quickly and I had only just, uh, my horizons had only just expanded, you know, yeah. and the record store helped me do that. So, you know, what I do remember doing is when people would come in, this, this will put the era together for you. People would come in to buy the California Raisins record, right? right? Because I think it was maybe Don't Worry, Be Happy had been covered by the, the Raisins in a commercial or something. So I would say to people, hey, like, don't get this goofy soundtrack. Get the Bobby McFerrin record where the song comes from. The record's great, and it's got all this other stuff on it. Don't buy this gimmicky commercial thing. Buy the original. Like, I remember doing that instead of, like, you know, uh, making fun of the people behind their back and letting them buy the crappy record. I, I think I was so newly turned on by everything like i was just getting into jazz music i was getting into um all kinds of stuff and i think well you just, I just wanted that Peter gabriel was in genesis <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to like share that enthusiasm for music i wasn't jaded i was like the opposite of jaded i was like i work in the magic shop and i just want everybody to know about all the cool Oh, that's wonderful. Um, okay, and I'm going to move you forward uh, to uh, to clubbing and for track five. Uh, can you tell me, please, the song that soundtracked your time clubbing, please? Well, I, ne I need to put a pretty heavy caveat on this. Is I didn't do a lot of clubbing. Like, I went from high school basically to touring in Bare Naked Ladies. So... The real soundtrack to clubbing for me is the first Bare Naked Ladies record. But as a high schooler, I used to always go 
to this big club in Toronto that was called RPM. And I wasn't old enough to get in, but on Sunday nights, they had an all-ages dance night. And the big DJ at the time was DJ Chris Shepard, who was a DJ from a local radio station. And he spun everything that everybody wanted to hear at that time, which at the time, it was LL Cool J and Beastie Boys and uh, early KRS-One. And um, it was a lot of... A lot of hip-hop, early hip-hop. And I will never forget one night. He probably did it because he was so sick of teenagers requesting it. And it was probably a middle finger to everyone on the dance floor. But he put on the entire side one of License to Ill. And we couldn't have been happier. (laughs) He probably just did it so we could go out and have a smoke. And... uh, knew that no one on the dance floor would would care. Um, But that's what I think of. And then I think of like Paul's Boutique. When that, I I was probably 18 when Paul's Boutique came out. And that was like a revelation in in hip hop. Dust Brothers production and and Paul Revere with the backwards drum sample. It was just like, that was opening up new horizons for me. Did you get the same thing as I mean I'm 48 and and I think I was probably maybe 14 maybe maybe 13 14 when uh, license to all come out uh, I was certainly at, at school and and I remember I've always sort of said this and I've mentioned it several times on this podcast like that record was the closest thing to to never mind the bollocks that was my punk yeah it was so raucous that the British media hated them, didn't want them anywhere near the UK. And and obviously, to a young lad, when you're reading that, you want this band so much more. Like, they become the... I mean, they arguably the coolest band that ever walked the planet, full stop, the Beastie Boys. Like, yeah. But that first record, which isn't... You know, I think they've made much much more uh much better music you know subsequently but that record for me was the most raucous i'd never heard anything like it you know and especially for hip-hop in the uk you would get as you mentioned some of them artists you'd get a little bit of like boogie down productions you get a little bit of ll cool j and dmc but that was kind of it like it, it still felt really underground and 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 naughty and like and scary and you know much as I guess the, the pistols were ten years previous to that and for me it was just the most exciting thing ever the Beastie Boys yeah that's exactly what happened with me too it just it knocked me on my ass and and particularly as a young musician uh, really studying my instrument really learning to play guitar learning all these really complicated prog rock songs. Then to hear License to Ill and go, oh, wait, none of that shit matters. It's all about attitude. Like, yeah. this this record is exciting. That's what I want. You know, I, I want to engage and excite people. I don't want to dazzle them with time signatures and melodic wizardry. I just want the attitude. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I'm going to take you home for track six. Ed, and I'm going to ask you, please, to tell me uh, a favorite song from an artist from your home county, please. Um. I think I gave you Donovan Woods for this one, right? Grew Apart. Mm. Uh, well, Donovan's a good friend, and we actually co-wrote a couple songs um, that are going to be on my new record, Detour to Force. And he liked them so much, he recorded them for his record, too. It's rare that you do that as, as songwriters. You sort of decide, okay, well, I'm going to record this one. But... Um, we talked to each other and I said, actually, I think that's kind of cool. I'm, I'm such a fan of uh, his approach uh, production wise anyway. And, and the way we did the songs on our respective records is very different. So Donovan has this incredible knack for kind of dropping in mid conversation. He doesn't give you a lot of backstory, but he's so good at, nailing the nuances of conversation that you really feel like you relate um, to the, the character in the story. And Grew Apart is a song about all those people who, who can't articulate or can't even face the feeling they have, heartbreak, uh, the loss of a relationship. And, and Grew Apart is about all those things you say to not have to admit you're hurting. And I just think he, he nailed it. He, he perfectly captured all the bullshit people say, ah, well, you know, we're both better off now. It's like, really? Because <laughs> I know you haven't been sleeping or eating and, you know, maybe you should talk to somebody. And... um yeah, Grew Apart is about that uh, unnecessary uh, pride that people take after a relationship to do anything to avoid saying, yeah, uh, I think I messed that one up and I'm really struggling. Uh, it's it's a perfect little song. It's a beautiful song and it was the, the, the first when i got sent the the list over of your song choices i'd not heard of him before uh oh. and uh, and it was an introduction and and i, I put together a, a playlist I, I'll, I'll get onto that towards the end but um normally i sort of drop the tracks in and, and listen to them and i spent a lot longer listening to lots of other stuff and, and like ticked it added it to playlist beautiful absolutely beautiful yes, he's my favorite modern songwriter like and he's just a total dork like when you hang out and write songs with him i just laugh all day uh he's really funny super dry um 
but he clearly is not afraid to tap into his much more pensive emotional side and uh he he's created he's really spun some gold over the last five or six years i i would say most of my favorite songs from the last five years are donovan wood songs well you can get to spin some gold for our listeners uh for track seven because this is your opportunity to introduce uh something they may not have heard so for track seven um can you tell me a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear please well i'm I'm going to be honest here and say that I'm I'm not tuned in or hip enough to know what people may or may not know. But I will say that a, a record that really blew me away uh, in the last year was Christian Lee Hudson's record, Beginners. Uh, it's produced by Phoebe Bridgers. Um, Christian Lee Hudson is such an incredible guitar player. I, the first time I saw him play live, it, it was it was just um, over YouTube. I I kind of discovered him throughout this whole pandemic, so I've I've never seen him in person. But um, the first time I watched him play, I I thought, oh my god, he's doing all of that on guitar. I just assumed he was the strummy guy singing, and there was some guitar nerd playing all those incredibly intricate parts. But no. He's doing all of it. Um, and to top it off, he's an incredible writer. So the song I chose was Northsiders. Um, but you could take anything off of Beginners. Uh, the first, I think the first track is Atheist. Um, the guy is unbelievable. It really blew my mind. I, the first time I listened to North to Beginners all the way through, I went back and listened to it again immediately. Um, but yeah, Northsiders really captures a mood. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful vocal delivery, and it's got some really clever little couplets in it. I don't want to screw it up, but there's a bit about um, uh, amateur psychologists, uh, serial monogamists, uh, da, 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 we went to different colleges, but <laughs> got this hilarious way with words. Um, yeah, uh, I huge fan. I hopefully this will be a new discovery for people. Uh, I'm sure some people will go, Oh, yeah, Christian Lee Hudson, dude, we know you're so old. Well, we make it easy for uh, for people to, to to go and get stuck in because we put together a Spotify playlist of of, of all the tracks that we've been speaking about today. Uh, so, with that in mind, before we wrap things up, Ed, I just want to ask you: as I mean, we're recording this on the the third of June, um, and it looks like the remainder of twenty twenty one is going to be a, a much brighter prospect than than you know the last yeah fingers crossed absolutely um than what we've had you know of the, of the last year or so um with that in mind what are you looking forward to personally and what's going to be happening professionally well uh obviously i think every band is looking forward to getting back out on tour and doing shows um you know i i'm looking forward to getting out and seeing friends again i, I I've been a touring musician for over three decades. So, 
you know, I have friends in the UK that I haven't seen in two and a half years. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing people. I'm looking forward to playing for audiences. Uh, I'm looking forward to just not being afraid <laughs> to be around other people. Uh, and, and now that I'm double vaccinated, I'm starting to feel that for the first time that, oh, I'm, it's, it's not worrisome to go get groceries anymore. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to a sense of normalcy and community again. It's been pretty isolating. Wonderful. Wonderful. If people want to keep up to speed with everything you're doing, Ed, where's the best place? Uh, Google. <laughs> uh, <laughs> certainly barenakedladies.com but uh you know follow us on instagram barenakedladiesmusic and uh or on facebook any of those places and uh, we we try to keep everybody pretty up to date with everything we're doing i think the first main thing we're going to do is is get back to the uk that'll be our first tour if all if all goes well and uh if we don't see the uh bath mole club variant uh taking the world by storm <laughs> the mole club washroom variant <laughs> well i look forward to that and i'll um I'll, I'll see you for a beer at the top of salisbury hill ed thanks so much for your time buddy it's been absolutely delightful talking records with you thank you my friend thank you Stu. thanks for having me and i, I hope people enjoy my picks have a lovely day ed The recording has stopped. Oh, thanks, Ed. That was great, man. Thank you. Yes. Wicked. Have a great day, buddy. You too, Stu. Bye. See you soon, man. Bye-bye. There you go. What is it with Rush? Uh, the episode with Jason Perry uh, and the episode with his brother, Adam Perry, that band, you're not a casual Rush fan. Uh, as Ed said, you're either in and when you're in, you're proper in. Uh, and, yeah, and, and I love it. I, and, and also we mentioned that that uh, documentary film about Rush. Um, even if you're not a fan or you don't know very much about Rush, I wasn't, I didn't know much about them, uh, I watched that and you just fall in love with this band. It's unbelievable. So um, so go check that out. Um, yeah, and, and go over to Spotify and check out um, all of Ed's choices on the playlist. Just uh, search Off The Beaten Track podcast podcast. Uh, guest playlist and uh, you'll be able to access Ed's and hundreds more of, uh, of of guests that have been on this podcast right I think I think we're done I think I've had a, a big old chat I'm going to uh, go and put my feet up have a lovely day ladies and gentlemen and thanks ever so much for supporting this podcast be excellent to one another and I'll see you again soon love you bye bye It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Eat it, boy.